excited because I have two fantastic gentlemen with me today, Mr. Eric McLeod and Mr. Scott Stewart. Welcome, welcome, gentlemen. Oh, bo, bo, liquor shot. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure being invited. Thank you so yes, much. Yes. So, you know what? We're going to kick this thing off hard. So, for those of you who are viewing for the first time, thank you for tuning in to Monday Musings with RC. I am RC Riley. I'm a writer. I'm a performer and I'm a storyteller. I write short stories and tell them around the Chicagoland area right now doing that virtually. And I also write one woman plays. The titles behind me are Wrong Way Journey, um, Soju Say What, and Take It Easy on the Left Hand, Please. Let me just start with- Now I, now I know. Now, now I you know. know. I can tell you a little bit about me throughout this show, but let me just start off introducing the both of you yes yes so i know everybody tuning in already saw the bios listed on the page but i'm gonna read them anyway just to help some folks out is that all right with y'all i'm I, you know what i will say i know this is your show but i'm so intrigued with these one solo show so i'm gonna be asking you about that a little bit later fantastic Obviously, I don't mind talking about me, but this is about you two today. So let me just kick it off with you then instead of Eric. How about this? So I know you just sent me a wonderful bio, and now I'm bringing up something else that you founded. This is Scott Stewart, you all. He founded um, Genius Lab in 2014 yep. with the sole purpose of helping Black and Latinx boys prepare for careers in tech by teaching them business and coding skills. All right. Okay. In addition, his media background, it just grabs you when you hear him co-hosting the Money, Sex, and Gen X podcast or interviewing new music talent on his digital streaming service at Music Pool. Yes, yes. All right. And Mr. Eric McLeod is the creator and co-host of said podcast, Money, Sex, Gen X. He's a proud Black Gen Xer who wants to see more accurate portrayals of himself in the media. This is interesting. Now I see how y'all two got teamed up. Okay. In 2018, he launched Hubris Global Wealth Management to support entrepreneurs and families interested in building and sustaining generational wealth. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. Now, that's just a tidbit about who you are. So before we get going in the show, I want... Eric, for you to give us three more bits of information that I didn't list that you really want people to know about you. Well, 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 I'll say this. I think what a lot of people sometimes see me, they always think business and finance. But one thing that I like people to know, I'm extremely creative. Yes. I'm definitely a right brain person. Like my mind is always creating, always seeing new possibilities and ways to innovate. And uh, that's just how I see the world. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm always thinking about what can I create today? And I encourage my children to do the same. Uh, the second thing about me, I love black women to my core. I want not... everybody to know that. I love you like to hear that. To and I'm not one of these dudes. It's like, oh, love black women. And then you're doing all this stuff behind the scenes. I love black women. Any black woman that I've dealt with will probably uh, go ahead and say that is true. The third thing is I love to travel. That is a big part of who I am. I can't really travel right now, but I'm traveling. I can't travel physically, but I'm traveling in my mind all the time. But I am looking forward to hitting up Ghana and uh, nice. Switzerland very soon. Nice, nice. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Scott, three things about you that I didn't mention that you want the public to know. Okay, all right. Here are those three things. One, all you need is God. In Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. That's one. Second thing, you must have a dream. Mm. I'm a dreamer, big time dreamer, full of ambition. Which brings me to the third thing. If you believe in God and have ambition, and number three, have a little bit of Wi-Fi. Mm. You can build nations. Preach. So God dreams and Wi-Fi, it is. Nice, I like that. You just dropped it like it was hot. I like that, I like that, yes. 
you know what? I feel like I know you. Now, I, I had known Eric through a friend, that uh, a mutual friend, and we, he and I actually were accountability partners. He helped me to, j just so y'all know, I feel like everybody who is serious about moving forward to the next level needs to have an accountability partner. Indeed. Eric helped me push wrong way journey forward to what it is today. And I am so proud to say that he is my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. McLeod. Yes. And Scott, I just, I don't know. I fell in love with the podcast and seeing you two connect. And even right now, I feel like I've known you. So this is awesome. Well, listen, let, let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. And this, this speaks immensely to who Eric is. So, I know Eric's uh, ex-wife, right? And 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 I'm, I hope I'm not going too far, but I know his ex-wife. We were both in the education space together. Okay. And I had put out a post because I was having a a terrible relationship with my money. Me and my money just were at odds with each other. And I put out a post on Facebook like, does anybody know somebody who's like really good with money management? And my colleague friend suggested her ex-husband. And I just couldn't get, I just, that blew my mind yeah. Yeah. that an, I also have an ex-wife and I couldn't fathom that <laughs> my ex-wife would be recommending me. <laughs> I felt it, I just was blown away that the ex-wife would recommend, and, and she was on it like, this is the guy that I would trust with my money even today. And I was like, well, I must, I must have made it then. Yeah. And then I met the brother and um, I didn't feel intimidated. He didn't make me feel a certain way. Uh, and he's empowered me and he's become uh, my brother, my brother. That's my brother, Eric. We, nice. we I never I saw well. this coming. I didn't expect us to be doing podcasts. He's a real dude. And then let me tell this other piece. We had never met in public um, until one day we met in public and we like, it was almost like I was looking at me. You know, we're both very tall. We both got a little sense of style yeah. and uh, we're both professionals. And it was like, man, that's my, that's my guy. So yeah. that's how I met Eric. Nice. I like that story. All right. Yeah. Okay. So that's how y'all met, but how did y'all come up with creating a podcast together? Yeah. All right, let me go into this. Let me go into this. Let, so let me hear this story, Eric. This is before I even had the pleasure of meeting Scott. I used to have these really good conversations with some other homies of mine. We would get on the phone, chop it up, and the conversations would be very, very interesting and intriguing. And I would say to them, like, yo, we need to make some of these conversations public at some point and they will be like and it's two or three people i'm talking about specifically and they would be like yeah yeah we should do that so you know how i am so we went past the talking and one day i came to them and was like hey i got an idea for us to take these conversations and make them live are you down okay they were like yeah 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 i'm down we're gonna do this yeah yeah you know everybody's hype and all right. that and so then yeah. So we went through that whole thing, and I'm really thinking that they're serious. And if you, if you all are watching this, you know who I'm talking about. You know what I mean? It's cool. I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at you because the universe aligned it the way that it needed to be. You know, but you, you did kind of miss out on a tremendous opportunity here. But anyway, anyway, you know who it is out there. But um, so then I came up with, the, I was start thinking about, you know, okay, how can we make this real? And so podcasts were starting to emerge. And I would see these podcasts on Facebook, and I was like, well, why don't I just do a podcast instead of trying to, like, take it on a radio show or something like that? So I had reached out to this guy in Houston. He had, was a black man. He has this network called the Sphere Podcast Network or something like that. Uh -huh. And it's a whole network of people that, like, come in the studio into his, and create their podcast, like, on, on set. And so I was going to do that. But then I started learning from my kids that I could do it right off of the laptop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, there's no need to go to Houston and all that. We can just do right. it off the laptop. And so right. I said, okay, I need a name. And so I started thinking about a name that would be interesting and kind of draw people in. 
Uh-huh. I knew for sure that I wanted it to be like Gen X, something to do with Gen X. Because I always felt like as Gen Xers, we're portrayed in the media like we're clowns or something. I don't know, have you all ever seen that? Like they always say, Gen X, they're always all over the place and they're the forgotten generation. It's never anything positive. Mm, okay. And so I was like, I want to represent for Gen X in a way that we can be proud and kind of show people that we're still here. We're not dead. Right. We're out here representing, we're holding it down. Right. And so I was like, okay. And I want to talk about sex. I thought it was important to talk about sex because I don't even hear those conversations in the media about Gen Xers having sex. I don't even hear that. I only hear the younger generation Okay. And maybe they talk about baby boomers sometimes. I don't know. But for some reason with us, I don't hear it. And then I knew I wanted to talk about money just because of my professional career. Right. And so one day I was walking around and it just hit me. Now, the interesting thing to me is I was talking on the phone to Scott one day. I never even envisioned that he and I would team up. I was just talking to him after a session that we had one day. And I'm like, yo, I want to do a podcast. He was like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, what, what's it about? I said, it's going to be called Money, Sex, Gen X. And as soon as I said it, you could feel the energy mm -hmm. shift. Yeah, yeah. He was like, what? I'm like, yeah, Money, Sex, Gen X. And he was like, um, okay. I was like, yeah, I was trying to pitch it to a couple of my homeboys, but they playing games. They don't want to do it now that I came to them with it. And he was like, well, I'll do it with you. But Just you jump right in. A little piece, though, E. So what was happening, RC, was we were having some amazing conversations. We were during our yeah. sessions. That's what that's what really started it. Like the way that we were bouncing off of each other, and I, my thirst for being able to talk to other black men. While we have a sense of humor, and we do, you know, you know, clown a little bit. The fact that we were having the level of professional conversations that we were having. And the, the things that we were talking about, I, I was thirsty for it. No doubt. And so that was happening. But then when he brought it, and then I got my own ambitions of doing broadcast stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, this is, is this real? Like, is he, is like, he, he solved a problem for me as well. Right, right, so right. that's what, that's what it was, RC. Okay. Yeah. That, that that's just divine intervention. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because we were having some, like we were doing the business situation and all that, but then it would kind of veer off into these, the same type of conversations. But I think the difference with me and Scott is when we're having these conversations, we're not really arguing. When I'm having them with my other homeboy, we're arguing. Like it's the whole cause, like an argument. And I was oh, like, wow. man, me and this guy actually, when he was like, I'll do it, I'm like, man, I might actually work out right yeah. nice blast it off from there that was a good story y'all that was nice that's all oh you know what you can't you people spend a lifetime trying to figure out good relationships with people and things that work some some of the stuff you couldn't pay for it's just like god first of all and not to really be all up but just like divine intervention it's just like when it's for you it's yours and nobody can get in the way of right. it and i think that's part of what happened from meeting you know Beulah to all because I've been knowing Beulah for five six years and never I never knew Eric's name or anything you know up until 2019 and then just all of this and then the, you talk about the timing the timing we didn't, what I see, get we into. didn't know a pandemic was coming exactly yeah. so that was my question so did you all say March we want to start it and it just happened to be this pandemic or like or you were like well it looks like this is going on and people aren't going to be able to you know be at work so they'll have more time so let's do it now like how did that work that you decided to start it during the pandemic I can't remember man didn't we when we met on 53rd didn't we already set the date and then the pandemic just happened in the midst of that y'all weren't shaking at all like maybe we should do this yeah because we were thinking that yeah. we were we were trying to figure out how we were going to do it in person, but I'm, I'm so comfortable being at home. Eric likes being out. So we were trying to figure that out. But the, the, the piece RC, you said it in the pregame is Eric is such a stickler for accountability. So if you say you're going to do something, you do it. And I'm big on getting things done. So we're not just 
I, I'm not speaking stuff just to be talking it, right. and neither is him, so, neither is Eric. So when he said it, at that point, it wasn't, it was nothing that was going to stop us from getting it done. Okay. It was, was going to happen. Yeah. We're that's what, that's what it date, was. Whatever else is going on in the world doesn't matter. It didn't matter. This is it what, didn't matter. Okay. We just made a, we just really pivoted, right? Because I think we, we set the dates, COVID happened, and then we're like, hey, we just got to pivot. We're going to do it on video. And Scott, we'll get into this more, but what I love about Scott, you know, in addition to him being an interesting person on camera, he brings to the table the technical aspect of what we're doing because he went and found this program called BeLive or this platform that we're using to go live on Facebook. And it was perfect because you can see both people at one time and all that. I don't know anything about any of that. Only thing I knew about was Zoom. And I like this, I like that BeLive better because it was colorful and it looked right. Like the background. Yeah. Yep. So he, Scott brought that to the table. So that made it even easier. To right. Put exactly. the out. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So, so now let's backtrack for a second. Cause I don't even know that I thought of myself as a Gen X or even knew what generation <laughs> I was in, what letter alphabet. So what age range, how old are people right now? If they're Gen X. If, if, yeah, Gen Xer. Am I saying that correctly? Gen Xer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> all, you hear, all you hear about is millennials, so I didn't even know. That's what I'm you know. saying. That's what I'm saying. And no, no shade to the millennials. We always say that. But we hear about the millennials every day. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> right. So that's crazy because, yeah, a lot of us don't even know. Am I a Gen Xer or whatever? Here's what we here's a conclusion that I think we came to, and I want to hear what Scott gotta say. We did a whole episode on that. And my thing was stop pretending like you're a millennial if you're right. a genetic. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we went through that. But what I realized in that situation was I don't think people are necessarily pretending. I just think they don't know. They don't know. No. Well, what, what age I, range what is it? it? Huh? What age range is it? So it's all over the place, but what people commonly agree on is ages 41 to 55. That's the co- most commonly agreed upon. And that will change. Next year, it will be 42 to 56. It should. Well, and then 43 right. to 57. Right. You'll stay, you stay. Like, you don't, it's, it's not, oh, I'm 40, I'm a Gen Xer. No, it's when you were born. Right. When you were born, the year you were born, right. So like it's cohort, 41. Gen X cohort. Right. Keep going. So 41 to 55. So I'm definitely a Gen Xer. But those people on the 40, 39, you know, you might not know. You could be 42. You might not truly be clear. So. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say I'm a Gen Xer. I'm 42. All right. So I'm Gen Xer all day. Okay. I'm a Gen Xer all day. Okay. I'm going to own this and and learn more about this Generation X. Listen to y'all podcast and join in. I think I listened to a lot of them. I don't think I, I commented because I was like, okay, let me listen first. Let me listen to your whole thing. Because they may be saying something that's like, oh, a little risque. Because the title is so risque. So how do you all handle, and this question is for Scott first. Because you say, you know, put God first. You know, you got a lot of black Christian, a lot of black church people. They see the word sex in the title. And they're oh, like, yeah. uh-uh, they're doing some hedonistic mess. Go ahead, go ahead with your question. Go ahead. How do you all even handle that um idea that this is about to be something raunchy? Oh yeah. Look, let's throw this in there. We're on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Did y'all do that one on purpose? <laughs> that I think that was relatively intentional due to COVID. When we were looking at yeah. Oh, at okay. that point, when we were looking at times, we was like, man, it's Sunday mornings. You can't go to church. I was like, you remember, I was like, this is the new church. Yeah, because look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's my take on it. And I have a filthy mouth. A lot of people don't know that about me. Okay. You know, but I'm, I don't mind. Like these are, these are words in the, in the, in the English vocabulary, in the, in the, mm-hmm. in, in our vocabulary. So I have a potty mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to be too disrespectful. Um, I'm not. I'm not too disrespectful. Um, you haven't been on money, my show, all, so that's good. Uh, is this? Can can I can I lean in on this show? Go ahead and lean <laughs> in. Oh, I, I don't. <laughs> no, I, 
I got now, the I will stop. On the day. I will stop. Uh, right. <laughs> no, but look, it was for us. It was like everybody deals with money, and I'm still having this conversation because E and I are getting some flack from Facebook and YouTube. Everybody is getting down with sex. Uh huh. Everybody. Why is we? Why are we still scared to talk about sex? Yeah. And it's not like we're talking about ways and positions. Right, and right. That's not what we're talking about. We're just like making it not so taboo. Yep. And, and it's not even that we're trying to make it not taboo. It's just like we're just acknowledging that it needs to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and then our perspective was the Gen X. So it was it was a no brainer for us. Mm-hmm. Just like it is what it is. We're talking about money and sex and from our perspective and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, that's interesting because I talk a lot about sexuality. So not necessarily about sex, but just about, again, I got a lot of flack from the black church because I identify as queer. So I talk about, and as a woman, I talk about like how um, we're presented in society. Um, you know, just a lot of things that go into sexuality. And people have said things to me over the years about that and made assumptions about me based on that. So um, even some of the titles of my shows and things like that. And so I was very interested to see if there were going to be any comments on your, uh, on your podcast. I was like, I wonder if people are going to say something crazy to them. But it seems like people really enjoyed it. And once you listen, you're like, oh, okay, this is all common stuff. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. That's so true. it's real easy to flow with you guys. That's the thing that I love about it, which is why I asked you to come on so people can see how easy you guys are, how y'all flow, how y'all work together, and how intelligent and you know put together y'all are. It wasn't, even though it sounded like you guys weren't planning it together for years, it comes together seamlessly. So what are some tips that you all would give people who are nervous about starting a podcast because a lot of people want to do it. And yet they say they don't have enough content. They don't know how people would um, respond or they feel like they don't know the route to go. They feel like they don't have enough money or technological skills. What would you say to that person? Put it out. Put it even out. if it's not fine tuned, sloppy. Put it out. Absolutely. Put it out. That's my biggest advice. You know, even if they get hard, negative feedback, yeah, put it out, put it out, because you're going to sit there trying to have all these scenarios going in your mind for the next ten years. Put it out, and you can always refine it as you go. Just put it out. I'll, all my advice would just be: I do think it's important to find what your niche is going to be, so you're not all over the place. You know, the Gen X, I love that because it kind of frames everything that we do. We can get off into every topic in the world, but we're still kind of framing it in. Right. Here's our perspective as two black Gen Xers. This is right. kind of what we think. And you do have to decide what the tone is going to be. I mean, I see people that are very um, controversial and all right. that. I think with us, we're pushing the envelope, but we try to be non-judgmental. Yeah, yeah. right, 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 right. And, and I, I just want to add to it because, I mean, we could probably have a whole session on just overcoming the fear. Um, and I, I would say don't try to uh, emulate other podcasters, right? Because it's mm-hmm. easy to get caught up in, you know, the fact that people do use so much vulgar language language out there and like, oh, that's what you need to do to be known. You got you to gotta curse a lot. You got to have a topic that's raunchy. And no, you, you, you cater know who you talking to like eric and i initially were talking to each other and we we recognized that we had dope conversations and we thought that we should share it and we realized that oh man it's great we hope that other people would like it Mm -hmm. and we found that other people liked it enough to have us thinking about season three Nice. And we, season you know, two hasn't even come out yet. And y'all already two. on season three. That's what I'm talking and we're about. We're already thinking about season three. Like we know we own or something. Right. Season two right. is already mapped out. We already mapped out season two. Nice. All right. So while people are tuning in and everything, I want to let them know is Money Sex Gen X with Scott Stewart and Eric McLoyd. And you can find them on Facebook, on YouTube, on Spotify. 
wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you've never listened to a podcast before, type in Money, Sex, Gen X, and you will see these handsome fellas and just click there and listen. All right, all right. So let's keep the party going now. We're going to mix it up a bit. So I sent you all this email, detailed email. Scott, I don't know if you read it, but uh -oh. one of the... <laughs> So one of the things that I told you all was that my pronouns were she, her, and they. My name is RC. I identify as queer. All right. So y'all talk about sex. I talk about sexuality. When I said that, what did you all think? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. It didn't matter to me one bit. I, okay. I, and I did see it, but I'm like, it's 2020. It's 2021. Like, I come from, um, I've had and have gay family members or members of the LGBTQ community. Um, it's, it's, it's where we are today, period. So just, I'm at a space where you got to learn to look past anything that's going to be, you know, where you're trying to judge people or base mm -hmm. people based off these things. So it meant nothing to me. Eric, okay. I don't know about you. What I thought when I saw it was I didn't know why you I didn't I felt like I was questioning why you put that in the email. Okay, that was, good. That was my thought. I'm like, why is she putting this in here, right? So right. let's talk about that because I was. Let's talk <laughs> about sexuality. Okay, yeah. that's what I like to say. <laughs> right? Let's talk right. about it. That's why I brought it up. So one of the reasons that I said it was because. Um, because I identify as queer, people often get confused. So what exactly does queer mean? And that could be about um, me not necessarily saying I'm lesbian or um, or whatever, but it could also be genderqueer, like I don't identify as a woman or um, male or whatever. It's just kind of neutral. So that can be an umbrella terminology for that as well. Um, it could be, you know, people could use queer for different reasons. Um, but I think that when people now identify themselves according to their pronouns, it's because for me, I want to be very clear that I don't want anybody to assume anything. So I'm telling you so that you don't make an assumption. So you wouldn't naturally think, you would naturally think by looking at me that I go by she, but I also identify as they. And because I, I because I go by the name of RC in all areas now, as opposed to my birth name, when people first see my name in writing, they don't know if I'm a male or a female. And that's purposeful. So me going by RC is my personal protest against the patriarchy, against this racist, sexist environment that we are subjected to. Because the moment that somebody hears your name or sees your skin tone, we've been raised to say that there are certain characteristics that are attached to those people. And I don't want to give them the opportunity too quickly. So they have to stop and think when they speak to me. In an email, if they see RC, people automatically have to say, okay, hold on. So I can't say her, I can't say she because I don't know. And so then they think about the tone because typically when a man's talking to a man, he speaks a little differently than when he's talking to a woman and vice versa. And so it forces people to stop and think about who I am and not not if I have a vagina or a penis. And that, that stop, that two seconds that they have to pause and think is what I want to happen more. I think that should happen more in our society. So it made you stop and think. And that was the point. Like you, I know you personally, so it doesn't really matter, but I want you to stop and think. And then for us to have a discussion about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, now that I'm thinking about, I'm listening to you say this, I guess when I received that email, I'm thinking, I wasn't thinking about, well, Scott is on this email also. I'm just um, thinking like, hey, I know our you know team. me. Why am I, why are you? Right. you know what I mean? Right. So now that makes, that makes sense because it looks like you're using that whenever you have a guest as to kind of clarify what's going on with the show, if you're going to be on the show. But are you using that in other arenas as well? Yeah, you, I tell people my pronouns all the time. Yeah. I'm R.C. Riley. I identify as she, her, they. Yeah. Okay. But I was curious from two black men how you all received yeah. that. And that, to me, falls under the umbrella. Y'all talking about I'm a Gen Xer. That's under sexuality. Yeah. Um, so I just want to get y'all feedback. I want to chat. Chat about so it. So this is, um, we, 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 we're approaching some 
uh, uh, this is this is get going there a little bit, right? This conversation. Let's go there. That's why I brought you so, two on the show. Yeah, I don't mind. I'll 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 go a little bit. It's like um, uh, I'm looking at a picture of my dad right now, and man, my dad. He would never understand that that the pronouns. He 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 rest his soul. He would have. Nah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, I was raised under that. Yeah. I was raised that way. I was I was raised like a man is a man, a woman man, is a, woman. a man's man, a man's <laughs> man, woman, child. Period. Point blank. Ain't nothing else. I hear you. I, hear you. I was raised, but I have children who are teenagers who honestly checked me like my i have a daughter my my daughter bria shout out to bria young breezy man she she does not let me get away with any of that um and it's really unfortunate that uh it took her to check me because i do recognize that it's so unfortunate how men have been truly sexist towards women for all of eternity and now we're being as men we're being faced with like it's changing like you we can't operate under that old regime of how men treat or look at women specifically mm -hmm. and uh that's my position today okay that's that's my position i'm looking at Dwayne wade and what's happening with him and his daughter mm -hmm. you know i had to learn to say that um mm -hmm. yeah I, I had to learn to say that it's like yes daddy it's not his son it's his right. daughter like you mm -hmm. have to if you're going to be this guy that you claim to be you can't uh -oh. be archie bunker right you just can't be a bigot you just can't be a big it's bigotry in a lot of ways yes yeah i agree and i don't know eric i'm sure you have something to say but i have a, I have a pushback for you rc um, okay. Can I like? What if I say I want to identify as a a white male? Can I do that? It doesn't bother me personally, but there's no way that uh, society is going to treat you that way. So if you brainwash yourself to think that as I function in society that I'm going to be treated like a white man, then that's that's on you. And that's part probably part of my own upbringing and ignorance i don't mean i don't want to blame my dad for all of it because at some point it's on me mm -hmm. but e what 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 you got to say I'm, I'm i'm stepping off the hot seat a little bit yeah uh well what i have to say is this i feel i want to see more celebration of heterosexuality from black men specifically mm -hmm. and this doesn't have anything to do with any other group i'm just I'm a black man that's heterosexual and I don't feel like we're celebrating that enough. And, I, and one thing that I learned when I see like what you put in the email and just how you're living your life, that makes me want to celebrate what I'm about mm -hmm. more too. You right. know what I mean? Like I don't really hear that in the, in the media. Like wh wh where's the celebration of, you know what, I'm a, I'm a man. Like I'm, I, have my definition of being a man and I'm gonna I'm gonna shout that to the raptor rafters. You know what I mean? Like I don't see that. It's like we I feel like we're like, oh you know tiptoeing, yeah. Oh, man. Like, like men in general or specifically black men. I I'm, I really feel like black men for sure, but I I also yeah. feel like men in general. Like why are we not celebrating our version the of whole, manhood? The whole world celebrates straight men. I don't see that. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way. And, okay, and I think that's well, I don't the think, celebrate. The word celebrate. And I think that's part of the issue. Celebrate. I think that's part of the issue that women in general are having is like our reign as men has been so dominant for so long. I think that's that's the piece right there. If I RC, if I don't know if I'm, I think that's the yeah. piece that I at least it's identify with. From the beginning with. of time. Like, yeah. let, me let me say this to you. Any time that you have black men getting shot down like dogs every every like every week i don't think that i can agree with that because it's like part of the reason why these people are being killed is because of their what they rep they represent in some sense 
some sense of masculinity to me. That's why I was asking if you meant men in general or black men. That's why I asked that question. Yeah, I, I do understand it's black more, men, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I just... It, it is, I, I'm saying black men, but I also feel like it's men in general. But I understand your comment about men have always been, you know, whatever. But, right, let's, so let's take it to the black men. Definitely black men for sure, because I feel like if you express that, then now you're a threat. Mm, I felt whether that. you express it or that. not, really, whether you express it or not, you could be viewed as a threat. And I don't know if that's part of the reason why people are, you know, we can't, we got to be careful with that. But now, who are you a threat to? Because I say, um, saying she, her, and they, now I'm a threat to other people. Saying I'm queer, I'm a threat to other people. Openly saying that I'm a survivor of sexual assault, I'm a threat to other people. So, so who are you a threat to? is the key. So you're a threat to white people, yes. Just like strong black women are a threat, as we feel as just a black woman, to black men, and of course, to white women and- Why would you be women. a threat to black men? Why would, why would a strong black woman, tell me why black women feel that they're a threat and to black And the fact that you men. have to ask the question lets me know how, and I'm not even trying to be rude, how oblivious. Yeah, a lot of me on. Are. I don't have a. I don't have a female's perspective. Okay, all right. So if you stand at the mountaintop, everything is below you. Everything is below you, right? So the perspective is very, very different. So as a black woman, black men are always not. I shouldn't even say always. I'm gonna take the word always out, and we're getting way off on this. Uh, on this here Monday music, but that's okay. So <laughs> black women, it's like black men either feel threatened in the sense that oh she's trying to tell me how to function who I need to be as a man. I have to live up to her standards. Or it's, well, she should be this way. As a man, I'm taught that a woman is supposed to be this. A woman is supposed to do this. A woman is supposed to be this for me because you're a man no matter what. So a woman is supposed to be this to a man. It's always in perspective to you as a man. A woman functions in this world this way in relation to a man. And so that can be seen as a threat because the, the moment that a woman is not subservient or docile, going along with the flow, then it's like, well, what's her problem? She's a she's a bee, she's a hoe, she's, she's a this. Men have been saying that for generations. If a woman doesn't want to be bothered, she's all those things. And if a woman is fed up with you being trifling out there in the streets, then she's these things. If a woman has high standards, then she's these things. And she has those things in comparison to a man. So I get that you don't see how a black woman would be threatened to a black man. Because if you feel that you're on top, then of course. How, how about how about it's not even about just being on top? How about it's like if I just honor your G? If I just honor your your glory, if I just honor who you are, it's not like where is this well, yeah. competition coming from? Wait a minute. That's the I question for you all. I gotta throw something in too. Like we gotta move away from this narrative. I don't think that's a accurate narrative in some respects because yeah. when I think about most of my homeboys in the household, the woman is running that household at the yeah, end absolutely. of the day. And we never talk about that. We always, you know, yeah. I don't know if everybody wants to feel like they're the dude and not that. Right. At the end of the day, the woman is running the household and right. has an extreme amount of power and influence over the entire family dynamic. I would agree. So we but don't he, talk about that. But that's the point. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like what would it look like for a man or how would your average man look to, to give her those props regularly? Wouldn't, isn't she a threat if he did that? If he was out in public, like, man, my woman, she holds down the house. I couldn't even be X, Y, and Z. If I didn't have the support from her. You don't typically hear that. And I'm a Gen Xer. I don't typically hear that from Generation X. Okay, I don't hear that from those men because those women are a threat. That's my perspective to them. And so they're not going to celebrate the fact that she's the one holding it down. Well, I'm a, I have some brothers that I would love to take you around, RC, right. because you would be shocked. I hear that all the time. And that is wonderful, but we're-, we're My wife is this, my wife is that, to the point we're like, yo, man, relax. But I even do that too with my lady. I'm always, Scott does it, we all, our lady- Oh yeah, I wouldn't she's be- so I told you, yeah. she's dope, she's pushing. No, that, and, that is- And that's that is, wonderful. And that's what we need to hear more of. So we hear your voices out there and hear more of it. That's good. That's why I'm glad that you're out here with your perspective so that other people can see that's good. So we all, all our voices need to be heard. 
And yeah. we have these different perspectives. And just like y'all get into the mix on your show, I just want yeah. to get into the mix for a moment. And look, I, and look, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, e, I think we do realize that some brothers need some guidance. We need some guidance, right, on some of this stuff as well. So we're not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like, and I don't think he is acting like, you know, this is not a thing. There's some brothers out there that do wrong by women. It's just straight up. They treat women bad. It's some, it's some, it's some terrible, when it comes to that, it's some bad brothers. And this ain't, this ain't no knock to my guys. It's just like, if you was raised that way, if you was raised by abuse, and that's how you controlled your woman or your house, then that's, that's what it is. And it's like, it's not even really a wrong. It's just like, man, that's how I was taught. Nobody taught me different. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think part of what Eric and I are doing, I know part of what I do every day is I work to be the example. Right, exactly. To be an example, right? Yep. And so, yep. you know, celebrating our ladies and celebrating the women, empowering, having daughters, all yep. that I think is part of that. That's exactly why I want you to be on the show because I know you all are setting that tone as examples. So, quick question to get back on topic: What? Tell me one of the most challenging things about creating uh, money, sex, genetics. Uh, Each of you. I would say that the most challenging thing is that Facebook will not let you really promote the show as broadly as you would like when you try to purchase ads and stuff. They will yeah. not. And it's irritating because I know what they're doing. They're looking at, oh, you have sex in the title. Right. Why don't you listen to what we're doing and you might understand that, that it's nothing raunchy about it. But they shut it every, we have to almost like pray that we're going to get things that can be um, mm -hmm. boost an ad or something like that. We never know. And more times than not, they shut it down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think the one of the challenge, biggest challenges, challenge for me, um, has been living up to our own expectations of ourselves. And uh, Eric and I just talked about this. We are so ambitious that sometimes we've set the bar and expectations for ourselves so high. It's like, man, we. I'm used to dunking on a ten foot rim, not a thirty foot rim, you know. So sometimes we have to, you know, bring our own expectations to a more reasonable level for ourselves. We're trying to do so much um, right now while, without going corporate and while still having fun. Right, right. That brings me to the next question then for you, Scott. What is um, one of the most fun things about the podcast for you? I get to talk shit with my man E and not be questioned about it. Not like... No censorship. You know, yeah, no censorship. Not that I need to be all like that anyway, but I mean, I just get to hang loose with one of the guys, you know, and have some barbershop talk. Our show is what responsible black man locker room talk sounds like. I like that. I like that analogy. Okay. Responsible. All right. All right. Yeah, like we're not that. out here. We're not. I don't think me and Eric will be out here trashing women. Right. behind closed doors we not we not those dudes that's a different podcast right this is you get who we are you see uh for a majority of part you you meet all of my my alter egos um <laughs> eric's got some alter egos too and you get a chance to see those as well <laughs> and and we get to have fun with it yeah e what's okay. the most fun for you in the show it's you know, I told you this when we were like halfway through the season. This therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a person that's really reserved and in the background. And so it's kind of cool to see myself talking publicly about things that I normally would keep private, com private conversations ah, being okay. made public. And I actually, me and my children were watching an episode today. And they said, Dad, Scott is wild. He's a wild dude. <laughs> We were watching um, the sex episode, and, and they were just cracking up. But I'm looking at them like, wow, I actually have a podcast for my children to right. look at. You know, exactly. Yes. That's, that that's crazy. Fun. And we get a chance to talk about what's being said and all that stuff. So that, that's, fun. that's fun. Nice. So for those watching who um, are just tuning in or kind of like pressed mute earlier and came back, I am here with Mr. Scott Stewart, Mr. Eric McLeod. These are the co-creators of the podcast Money, Sex, Gen X. You can find that on Facebook. Although they try to hold them brothers back, they keep going strong. So they're also on YouTube, um, on Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. If you have never listened to a podcast, just type in Money, Sex, Gen X.
and you will see these fine brothers right there. Um, let's keep it moving a little bit. A lot of people think to do something like have a podcast and a successful co- podcast, um, which I believe you guys have been very successful in a short amount of time in the midst of a pandemic. Kudos to you too. Um, people think you got to have a lot of money. So is that true or is that a myth? Nah, well, I, I think it cost us what about 600,000 nothing. It, um, you know, it was really just. Us getting it together. It didn't cost us anything. I don't think E. Right? Nah. Nah. Oh, you need you needed a microphone. You needed a camera. We didn't have that. We didn't have microphones. I you mean, got that fancy mic. I, look, thirty four dollars yeah. off of Amazon. Don't get it twisted. I'm not in front on you. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear, and no background noise right now. Okay. Amazon thirty. I mean, but literally, I, I got this with the last couple of episodes of the show. You know, I mean, we went, I was, we pull up our laptops and our phones and right, exactly you know, lamps and, you know, we made it work, you know, that's, that's so what I wanted it. people to hear that y'all can do it. You get a little ring light for $20 or something, you know, just, uh, but no, it didn't cost a lot of money. And um, I think that also adds to the beauty of it because we know that it's really just the conversation is right. It's your time, it's your time. So what do you um, attribute your quick success to? Mm. Well, before I, before I ask you that question, what does success look like to each of you? Like, what is your definition of success? Good question. Just in general. I, not in I'll, terms I'll of the answer podcast. it a little bit first. And then, Eric, you can do yours. So for me, I think the success right now, there are a couple of levels. The first of it is the fact that you think it's successful lets me know that it, we're successful. That's, mm-hmm. that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, two, that success is that we, every time we pull off a show, that was successful. That's great. And, um, you know, three, where it's not, it doesn't seem like a chore. So it's not a chore. It's fine. That, to me, is very successful. Uh, but then I have my, my, my partner on the other side who is really trying to take us to the, another, the next level. And so, Eric, you want to talk about some of that? what yeah yeah you know, those numbers look like yeah we're trying to get to the next level so so for me before i get into that success is mainly when i look at an episode and i see that myself and my co-captain scott are being ourselves that is a tremendous to me indicator of success there's nothing fake we're not acting for the camera we're not trying to get views by being somebody other than ourselves that is right. definitely number Number two is just the fact that, so this does tie into the next stage. The podcast so far is in like four continents. Yeah. Most of the people in the United States, somebody has watched it from one of the states. Nice. And uh, we got a lot of downloads and a lot of views on Facebook. So I do, it's not the most important thing, but I do think that is a measure of success because people are finding some interest in what we're doing. Exactly. So I I like that. Why do you think that is? Why do you think you've been able to get so many views across the country and other countries? It's the the way Eric wear his hats. You ain't noticed? It's all his hats. I like that, okay, all right. If it wasn't, if he didn't wear a hat, we would be in trouble. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> hey, look, that really wouldn't be good right now because if I take this hat off, <laughs> y'all are tripping. All right, all right. Before we wrap this show up, I want to know a couple of things. Number one, I really want to know um, how do y'all come up with your topics for each show? Is it like a long process? Do y'all just like, you know, kind of spitball, like, oh, and then draw a hat? This person chooses a topic for the next episode how do y'all pick your episodes it's usually a phone call i think and scott correct me if you don't got a different opinion but i think we just try to figure out what's not being talked about by people who look like us people who we represent what are we not seeing talked about because i always used to say like as far as gen xers i only saw celebrities in our age group talking in the media like Denzel, Chris Rock, you know, these people are in our age group, Jay-Z. I love all of those people. They're great, but I don't have the exact same viewpoints that they have on everything. 
right. so I'm always thinking like, what can we talk about that's not like this season two, the first episode is a million ways to kill a black man. Gee whiz. We're coming out hard. And, and the conversation is probably not going to be what you think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's going to be, we're going to spin it. So I think we're always, we do talk about things that people are talking about, but we try to spin it and show a different side of that conversation. Right. right. So the first season, in a nutshell, what types of things do y'all, or did you all talk about? Just so people, if they never watched it, they can get a hint of if they go um, watch or listen today, this is in summary what you all will get. My favorite episode was, um, is college a joke? Mm-hmm. Is college a joke? That was my favorite episode, and that's a great example of some of the things that we talk about. Me and Scott went to college and all of that. But if you listen to that episode, you're going to hear some very interesting points of view, especially, I think, for me, because I'm not necessarily pro-college at all. Mm -hmm. And when people look at my education, sometimes they're like, that doesn't make sense. But I just feel like the world is changing, so I have a different, my views have changed. That was a great show, yeah. Yeah, I love that one. We, we had another one, which was, what does it mean to be black? Mm-hmm. That was fun. You know, I've never heard these conversations like right. in a podcast episode. And my, my favorite episode, which actually wasn't the people's favorite, was but about the gender roles, the shifting of gender roles. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. That was an amazing one to me. And I think it was just really hard for some people. I don't know. It's like one of, it's a great show. But I think it is actually one of the shows that has the least amount of downloads. <laughs> yeah. But when we talked about gender roles changing, but to answer your question, like how do we come up with these topics for season one? It was just those were just the, those were the easiest ones because those were just things that have the conversation that happened behind closed doors. Like let's talk about sex. Um, you know, and then that episode we talked a little bit how we bring that conversation on with our kids, with our children. And why it's so taboo and what's our perspectives on that. So that was a really good one as well. But season two, season two actually came to us like rapid fire, huh, E? Like we we rattled those off. We rattled those off so fast, like in a matter of minutes. It was just like the world had changed. And we had some stuff to talk about. Nice. I am That's so what happened. about season two. Okay, so the first episode was called Million Ways to Kill a Black Man. A million Ways to Kill a Black Man. That's okay, so we two. have to everybody tune in. Um, when is that first episode dropping? September 13th, which is definitely a Sunday. And okay. I think the time is 11.30. We're going to keep pushing these, out, these times out on Facebook and Instagram to remind everybody. But Sunday, September the 13th. Okay, Sunday, September 13th, look for season two of Money, Sex, and Gen X with Mr. Eric McLeod and Mr. Scott Stewart. They're coming out with a bang. Season three is already ruminating. It sounds like it's past the rumination stage. Y'all are ready to go ahead and spitfire season three out as well. Um, So I just want to say thank y'all, brothers. This has been a great show for me. I love having great conversations with intelligent people. Y'all are trying to push our folks forward and challenge them to think in new ways about how we function in this world um, and how we can move forward and better ourselves. So that's why I asked you all to come on the show. Before we close out, again, did you all have anything to say to the folks? Well, I want to say to you, um, thank you. Thank you for uh, rocking with MSG, the Money, Sex, Gen X podcast. Uh, it has been an honor for me, and I'm sure Eric feels the same way to be on this show. Thank you for giving us a platform and a stage. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I'm humbled by it. Uh, please keep me informed of your solo, your solo, sure. your digs that you got coming up. All right. Um, y'all keep rocking with RC. That's what it is. Just keep following RC, and you'll be in good hands. Well, everybody follow everybody. We can support everybody. It's room for all of us. It's room at the table for everybody, but that's what I want to say to the people. Keep rocking with RC. She looks like she's bringing y'all some heat. E, what you going to say to the people? Well, well, well. Well, thank you for having us <laughs> on, RC. Um, you know, I will say this. I really want to tell you thank you. you. It was really nice to see your support 
when I saw you were watching the episodes and you would be like, great show and all that stuff. That means, that meant a lot. And I, I really appreciate that um, because you're someone that I know. And so to do something that someone that I know felt like was good, it was great. It was just yeah. encouraging. So thank you. Yeah. I wish we had more time to get into your platform. Yeah. I want five to know, minutes. You can ask me. Talk about, let's tell the people about what's going on with your platform and why you kind of evolved into what we see now. So um, Monday Musings with RC started about um, two, three years ago because there was so much going on in the world and I felt like I just needed to um, bring another perspective. So I'm a storyteller so, and a writer. So I would write these little short pieces and then talk about things that were going on in the world and kind of put a little different twist on it. So sometimes they'll be funny, sometimes they will be sad, but to just let people know all of our range of emotions, a lot of times we think of women as being overly emotional and we shouldn't express that range of emotions. And so it was to let people know that these range of emotions can be for good and we can use them to talk about things that are important to us. And then we can also use those emotions to talk about things that are kind of inconsequential. And all of that matters. All of that is important. Um, but then this year with, um, with my continued involvement in social justice, that's always been the case. I just felt that it's not just my voice that needed to be heard. I felt like people, especially during COVID season, needed to see regular people doing good things so they can feel like I can do this too, even in the midst of something horrible going on in the world. Even when I feel hopeless or feel unsure of the future, I can say, oh, this person just started like I want to start and they're doing a good thing and they're boosting morale for people who look like me. Um, the other thing is that I'm a person who doesn't feel uncomfortable in crowds and in front of people. So I felt like God really has all my life called me to speak on behalf of those who are left out or forgotten um, and unloved, quite honestly. And so I wanted to give a voice to somebody who was queer, black, woman, um, who was slightly different, but wasn't afraid to speak her truth and to give other people a platform and to allow people to recognize we, there's a place for all of us. It's not just me, it's not just you, it's all of us, so we can do this in harmony. Um, so I have a range of things going on on the show. So it could be kind of from a social justice um, standpoint or it could be about um, how to kind of start your own business, things of that nature, but it's a range and geared towards um, minorities of all types. And what kind of feedback have you gotten from your personal network? You know, what's interesting um, how Scott said, the fact that I think y'all are successful is like, yeah, that's a measure of success right there. People have said to me that they're a fan of my work from wow. this show. And wow. I'm like a fan of my work. Like the, when I think of my work, I think about social justice work. I think about um, the work that I do around sexual violence, things of that nature. They were talking about this show and I don't talk about me in the show. So it was really awesome to hear that what I'm trying to do, uh, people are hearing and they're seeing. So that type of feedback I've been getting pretty often from people who I wouldn't suspect it from, from people who I think highly of. Sure. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're over here doing these things. You know, I'm just over here pressing record for 30, uh, 45 minutes. You know, for me, this is like, you know, um, and they're doing big things in the world and they're saying that and reaching out to me to collaborate with them. So that sort of thing. Okay. I, listen, well, I also think this is big. I, I want to say this real quick. I think that your show is big because like we were talking about in the pregame, I want to continue to see people create their own show, the show that they really want to see, created ourselves, right? We always look at TV like, man, I wish they would do it like this. Right. Here's our time to do it how we want to do it. And I, that's why I feel like what you're doing is big. And I, I like the content that you're putting out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, my... Oh, no. No problem. I mean, I'm, I write a lot. So I'm writing um, a couple of different things for television. Hopefully they get picked up in the next whatever season. Um, but yeah, so writing things for the stage as well as for the screen. So that's what I do in the background. Um, and hopefully you guys can see some of my work sometimes. So. No God, I cut you off, my man. I ain't mean to nah, do No, no, nah, no, you didn't. It's cool. It's cool. You know, I'm, I'm a bit loquacious, brother. You know how I get down. So nothing wrong with that. 
right, all right. Well, again, thank you all um, for tuning in today. Thank these wonderful brothers and check out Money Sex Gen X and tell the brothers what you think. Dropping it like it hot September 17th. That it 13th, 13th, September 13th. That's a Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Yep. On Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. If you've never even heard of a podcast before, something wrong with you. But all you need to do is type in Money Sex Gen X and you will see these brothers right there. Everybody have a great evening. Gentlemen, thank you again. It's been my pleasure. Thanks again for listening. This episode has been brought to you by Fit Life Give a Black-owned, queer, and trans-friendly luxury mobile spa. FitLife Gives specializes in couples and individual massage, from corporate events to spa and pamper parties all across the Chicagoland area. Massage is a form of fitness, and you need to have a fit-filled life in order to give to others. So book FitLifeGive for your next event or personal service. That's fitlifegive.biz.